Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, we have a win to talk about. And because of that, we have my right-hand man, Dylan Smythe, on with us. What's up, Bill? Doesn't feel like a win to me. Big old <laughs> question mark at the end of that one. Yeah, or quota- quotation marks, question marks, all of them. Uh, Jeremy Gillen's on with us as well. Do you have any more uh, exclamations you want to put on there? We are two and zero. Oh. We are three. We are three wins away from really like getting over that uh, ten twelve hump. So for me, I'm excited. I'm excited. The bet is still on. Every W matters, no matter how ugly. So for me, this is a good day. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the bet a little bit. So the bet is we made with uh, Danner B uh, that frequently goes in the ten twelve podcast that Tech would not get the over. The over under that Vegas put out was four and a half wins. Tech would not get the over. I thought it was ridiculous. Um, we put up the bet, $500 to a charity of the other person's choice. And after U of H, I was feeling good about it. I was feeling real good. I, I put, you know, made audio for for um, Philip and the guys over there about, you know, that we, we got it. One down, four to go. I did not make an audio this week because <laughs> I do not feel as good about it. Um, Dylan, I mean, you, you talked about how there's a big question mark at the end of it. it. Just how are you feeling after Tech scraped by with a 28-22 win over SFA? Whatever, uh, whatever praise, whatever points we gave Matt Wells following the Houston game were immediately erased by this game. Um, no good grace for Matt Wells after this game. It just the guys weren't ready to play. They weren't ready to go, and it, it was just kind of embarrassing to watch. To be totally honest, especially I mean, that's just not Texas Tech football. That's no good. It, it wasn't any good. I mean, Jeremy, what did you think as far as watching this game? After Eric Izukama, three plays and he was gone. 7-0 was no big deal. But then we struggled. Actually, you take away that one big play, 
You take away the two big plays in this game, um, which is the 75-yard reception from Ezra Kama and the 60-yard uh, run from Todd Brooks, we lose, and we lose pretty handily. Yeah, this was really SFA's game to lose. It, I mean, especially it felt like there at the end. But something Dylan and I talked about on the preview pod was, like, how are they going to set the tone this game? You know, how is this game going to be different than playing down to our opponents, the same old, you know, the typical tech um, you know, how are we going to be different? You know, what kind of energy are we coming out with? And so, bing, bang, boom, three plays, and we have a 75-yard pass to Eric Ezukama, and everything feels right with the world. But we didn't see the end zone again until the second half. And our defense, I, despite the closeness of the game, only giving up 22 points, that's a win for me. It was the lack of offense, which is the problem for me. And with the weapons that we have, uh, with all of it, like all of the, with Cumby at the coordinated position, we should have had a lot more points in the first. And so that's where the, the, the red flags start really going up and it's kind of flying up around the O-line. You did bring a good point about the defense. I, I, didn't, I don't think they played just great or outstanding or any, you know, helmet stickers for it, but they didn't play bad. I wouldn't, and you know, if you look at the stats and you say, oh, well, Trey, Trey Self had 343 yards. How did he not play bad? Because he threw the ball 60 times, right? <laughs> so it's um, yeah, definitely inflation there. They stopped the run. I mean, they stuffed the SFA run. I think our run defense, which has been a, a problem in the past, is, is two games in, looks really good. And my boy Keith Patterson finally decided to rush more than three people on a consistent basis. So um, the defense didn't play awful. Now, I don't want to say they played great because, again, they still did give up I mean, Xavier Gibson from SFA really kind of showed his showed how good he is as a player, but um, they didn't play bad. But I definitely agree with the offense being the biggest red flag here. Uh, Dylan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at, let's take into account, the offense had 364 yards. Eric Izakonma and Taj Brooks combined had 259 yards. That's about 70% of our team's offense from two players. Um, so you take those two guys out of the game, we 100% lose this game. Um, I think it's fair to point the finger at, at Tyler Shuck a little bit, two interceptions, and they were, they were just awful interceptions. The one, he threw it right to the guy. The first one was terrible, the pick six. So and, I do. Uh, I, well, I'm going to step in. I'm yeah. stepping in. Okay, go ahead. Abby. <laughs> no, I think we're about to say the same thing. Was it his okay. fault? I th- I, so when I saw it, I thought... <laughs> Dang, that receiver did not know his route. Shucked through it where he was supposed to be, probably a little hitch. And that cornerback was like, this is money. Just sat on it. He sat on it. And it was Eric Izukama. And I do think uh, one big problem is this tech offense two games in, we are forcing, like truly trying to force every pass to Eric Izukama. And SFA just played it right. They After the, that long touchdown run where we went easy, 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 three straight plays, they said, okay, what we're going to do is we're just going to sit on Ezukama, Ezukama, after those three plays, only had three receptions for the rest of the game because all they did is they either doubled him or had a safety over the top of him, and we kept trying to push it to him. That play was a great example of Ezukama. I, I, I don't know what the miscommunication was there. It did seem like Shuck expected uh, Easy to be on a hitch, and Easy kept going on a fly. And so the corner, who, again, he had safety help over the top, so he all he had to do was sit on it, and it was Easy 6. So I, I don't want to necessarily put that one on Shuck. Well, you can, but you can still point the finger at Chuck for his overall play in that game. Yeah. And Jeremy alluded to the offensive line. They did absolutely nothing to help oh him out. God. Absolutely nothing. You would have thought there was Alabama's pass rushers out there. Like they were just every play, their ends were, were crashing the pocket. Uh, and, and again, so I know a lot of people wanted to blame Tyler Chuck for this game. I, 
the way the O-line played in this mm-hmm. game was so atrocious that I don't know how much blame he 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 deserves. I, I he was running and it was a lot. And what what sucks about this is that I've I've compared Chuck to Shimanek a lot because I think I, to me they're very similar with the exception of Chuck likes to run more than Shimanek ever did. Um, and what ended up happening with Shimanek was after it was with the and Bowman for that matter, O line play wasn't good. These guys were running for their lives. And it affected them mentally. And I think as the season went on, they played, they didn't play as well. And so I this O-line is at this point the weak, the weakness of the entire team. Even, even I would say more than the secondary, right? This O-line has been a problem now two games in. One thousand percent. Uh and just to so we don't miss it, uh talking about the second interception. Um it's a little bit here and there, kind of sprinkle on Chuck for trying to hit that deep ball with a triple coverage but at the same time the offensive line like the pocket crashed around him and it was just a terrible pass because of the pressure and trying to stay on balance and so that was just I mean we put Shuck in such a terrible position so many times I mean we turned the ball over four times and SFA which good enough team as they are on their own merit didn't turn it over once and there was a couple close calls here and there and there should have been a fumble but there wasn't um but I mean, we came at we came out of that game with a close win, turning the ball over four times. Nuts. So I'm gonna sound like a Chuck apologizer in this game because <laughs> I'm doing it for a third time. The second interception was another one. I did. It was a, it was a punt right before the halftime was over. Ch- launched it deep, and guess who he was trying to force it to? Guess <laughs> who? Kanma again. Like it's just I think it's I, I think it's a combination of that again another interception that really didn't bother me I think it's a combination of though is the forcing into Ezukama is a problem we only had what is it hold on let me see make sure I got my 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 facts right here but in this game um, yeah we had three real receptions or uh, two real receivers that caught a ball right just we had Eric Ezukama that caught six and then actually no I take that back he was the only one to catch a pass every all the other receptions were screens. So Eric Azukama's six receptions are the is the only one to catch a real pass in this entire game. That is not good. It's mm-hmm. not good at all. So and we were talking about, so, uh, Albie, we had talked about this maybe a, a while back, but talking about what Cumbie brings to the table when it came to replacing Yost and something we kind of honed in on was how he has like a proclivity to find what's working and stick to it and really punishing defenses. And this was the really ugly side of that, where he we had the three good quick receptions to easy and a, and a big touchdown, and we did not let up from it. And that was, I think, collectively, out of all the notes I took for this game, the lack of spreading the wealth to the receivers, because we have a number of talented receivers, was detrimental because we had talked about it in the first pod, you know, or in the preview of Houston, you know, if they, if people key up on easy, then we have other receivers we can throw to. Well, they keyed up on easy and we just kept yeah. forcing the issue. I was about to say, does Cumbie know that? Well, <laughs> does Cumbie know we have other receivers? You mentioned that we didn't spread the wealth to the receivers. We didn't have a chance to. We, we only had the ball for 19 minutes in this football game. That's we true. only threw the ball 21 times. So we hardly even had the opportunity to spread it out to, to other receivers now i will say this though um we did throw the ball 21 times ran the ball 26 times the run game was working the run game and not just the 67 yard run by by todd brooks but both him and xavier white both looked pretty good and xavier white busted off a, a long run got hawked down because i guess he haven't got the brooks speed. 
<laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, they both have played really good in this game. And that, the, I'll say this, as bad as the O-line was in pass pro, they were pretty good in run run defense, or uh, uh, in the run game, I should say. They, they moved, back that, that same D-line that was just killing them, they pushed them back the entire time. So, is I mean, the ground raid, it, it's working right now. I, I, I think it's, maybe it's something we need to look for, look at to really run the ball more and more to open up the game for Tyler Shuck. But flip side of that, playing devil's advocate, it's a problem that we ran the ball so well and they were still able to get to the backfield as way, the way that they were able to. Yeah, it makes you – yeah, it doesn't make sense with this offensive line how you could be this bad at pass protection and then have two running backs that go over 10 yards a carry. I, I, I don't know how to explain that one. Yeah, that's rough. Well, I will say – so let me ask you this. Speaking of the running backs, so Roderick – uh, I don't think he'll be back this week. I mean, he might be back or for the next game, and or he might. Um, but whether he comes back for FIU or for Texas, has he lost his starting job? I think yes. But I, I don't want to say that huh? in straight yeah, up. Absolutely. I mean, job. Todd Brooks says the hot Sorry hand. Why you. would you take him out of the start? Why would you take him out of the one position? Sir Roderick Thompson transferring to Houston. <laughs> I don't say that much. I say that we have a really good two deep between them two. I will say, um, watching Xavier White come in for Todd Brooks, it's like night and day. And Todd had a really, or Xavier had a really good game in this. He, he really did. White played really well, but he ain't Todd Brooks. <laughs> and you could see that drop in production. I, and I was joking earlier about getting hot, but I kind of was like a half joke because Todd would have scored that. <laughs> There's no doubt. So I, I will say with Sarat, with Todd. His progression from his freshman year to this year is pretty a, a pretty big gap. I mean, he didn't have the vision last year that he had. He's shown so far in this this year. Um, he didn't have the breakaway speed that he's shown so far this year, and so he's actually looking a lot like Sarajic has. And so it'll be uh, very interesting when Sarajic comes back. They're basically gonna be able to just switch him off one one at a time. Yeah, I think they they'll they'll share a lot of the touches. So let's uh, rock over to the – we've talked about how bad the offense was, um, and they were bad, very bad. Um, but I kind of talked about it earlier in the, in the episode. The defense, not terrible. A lot of people are going to talk about how bad the team played. The defense didn't play terrible, but I also don't want to give them the high mark and say they played good. They did, though Trey Self threw 58 times. He did get 343 yards. They were able to spread the ball around a little bit, and they were able to convert on third downs. What do you think about how the defense played overall, Dylan? You know, overall, you you can't be too mad with this defense. Like, yes, you did allow, like, two really, really large SFA drives and points, but all things considered, you're not too upset with this defense. I mean, Colin Schooler was everywhere again. Uh, That dude's probably making his case to being the first Texas Tech player picked in the draft, unless it's Eric Izukanma. Um, Reggie Pearson has played every single snap this this week and last week, he's played every single snap for Texas Tech so far this season. Pretty impressive. He played really well. But the secondary issues popped up again in this game. After week one, you know, I think we were feeling pretty good about our secondary. Secondary issues, along with the offensive line issues that haunted us last year, popped back up in this game. Yeah, I'm not so down on... Oh. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jeremy. I was going to say, I'm not so down on the defensive backs in this game. Um, somebody who really stood out to me is said, Dylan, is uh, 
Reggie Pearson, I wrote down, I went to the game, so I wrote some notes on uh, my iPhone. And like a, like a real the, journalist. Look at you. Uh, <laughs> I just thought, well, since I'm here, um, I wrote at three minutes in the second quarter, I wrote that uh, um, Reggie Pearson doing push-ups on the sideline during that injury timeout and then comes in to lay an absolute dump truck hit on an SFA receiver. Wow, I really like this guy. <laughs> Uh, Reggie Pearson is a tremendous is a tremendous defensive player, and that's not to say for the massive hits and the uh, the the incredible across the field speed of Dejuan Taylor Demerson. Uh, multiple times the play is across from him, and he is sprinting to be the guy, the first guy to make a touch. Um, a lot of the frustration that I will. Uh, I am with you, uh, fans. I'm with you, Dylan. Uh, was the third down and often fourth down, like five fourth down conversions, uh, very close. I mean, semi-close yardage. It was either third and four or fourth and four, whatever, uh, anything less than that. And SFA was like, you know, why not go for it? Why not try? And it was usually a quick slant across the middle, some kind of across the middle pass play, and we did not have an answer for it. Uh, and that was the frustration is that the defense played really well for the first couple of downs, maybe the for the first three, but SFA continued to press the issue and we just allowed them to get a cheap first down. And it was never really like a big play first down, except a couple of instances. Um, but it was always just that continual, like, okay, it's third, and whatever, fourth and whatever they go for. Okay. It's first, you know, they get that by, by an inch, they get it. And it was that throughout the whole game wearing us down that by about by the end of it, when they were making that SFA was making that last push. I, I said, I was like, you know, savvy, I've seen this one too many times. Our defenses worked. They are tired. They are doing what they can, but SFA is about to win a really close game and we're gonna have to make a really sad walk back to the car i've done it one too many times people (laughs) and that's the kind of game that it was it felt just very familiar (laughs) jeremy was telling his wife hey get up get up we're leaving no 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 no. we're leaving we're gonna we're just gonna get out of here before before it gets worse um i will say this i throughout the game three and a half quarters i was never no matter how bad it got i was like texan will win this no big deal that last drive for SFA, I don't think there was a tech fan that actually thought we were winning. Like I was that last drive, I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> we are going to lose this game." But I will say that is one one difference is that the defense did not let up. They did end up um, they did end up for, for, forcing a turnover on downs. I mean, the, the, I will say that one strength of this defense is their speed. They're a very fast defense. Um, at all three levels, I would say very fast defense and they get after it. And, and that's, that's something that we've seen in both the Houston game and the SFA game. Um, but I do agree with you when it comes to the SFA put out a lot of tape on how to beat the Texas Tech Red Raiders. If you're Texas, if you're hell, if you're FIU, FIU's, uh, they're at least at FBS school. If you're FIU, okay, you've got the blueprint now. The blueprint has been given on how to beat Tech, right? And so with that, I'm hoping that Wells and Cumbie and, and Patterson and company, they're saying that they, they read good coaching staffs, look at the blueprint on how to beat, how other teams can beat you and figure out ways to, to quench it. And so I'm hoping they're able to do that. Uh, Dylan? Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm Keith Patterson or Matt Wells, I'm giving a big hug to Jalen Hutchings after that game. Because that last drive, I was with you guys. There was no chance in hell. I was like, nope, th- this is it. This is Texas Tech. We're going to lose this game. And I think Jalen came up with two plays back-to-back, a sack and 
kind of got a run, stuffed the run, I think, back to back on that last drive and really saved the game for Texas Tech. I don't think if he made those plays, I think we would have lost that game. So, yeah, it's just the defense. Uh, the real problem is that secondary because no one, no one could cover Xavier Gibson. But no. thank you, Jalen Hutchins. No, well, <laughs> was it Hutchings or Bradford that ripped on that first <clears throat> at the beginning of that drive that just got through the line but grabbed you know uh, Trey Self's helmet immediately? I believe and that was Bradford. That. Yeah, that was Bradford. Uh, yeah, that yeah, was his helmet off. That that and actually uh, that is when that play happened. I was like, we're losing. That's it. Yeah. There we go. That's it. Um, now, usually games like this are very indicative of the type of season Texas Tech's going to have, right? Um, the only reason I think maybe it's okay, maybe we should be optimistic like Jeremy is for some weird reason, is that every other team in the Big 12 has had this type of game already. Like, the main reason why nobody's trolling us about how bad we played against SFA is because Texas got that ass whooped by Arkansas, <laughs> right? <laughs> At the same time, I appreciate it, Longhorn. They got whooped, right? Everybody played bad, has played bad to start the season. I mean, Iowa State, you can't think of two, a worse start to a season for a top 10 team. Right. Um, as bad as they played against Northern Iowa last year or last week and then losing to Iowa. Um, so maybe you're right. Maybe this is a ch- chance for us to kind of take a step or take a breather, take a step back, think about really come out against FIU. Because I think if Tech comes out against FIU, has a game where we win 45 to 7, I'm just bringing out a, a number there. And then, okay, deep, we're fine. We got a real scare. Let's continue with the season we thought we think we're going to have. But this FIU game's a lot. FIU game's a lot bigger than we were expecting it to be just a week ago. I mean, this FIU game proves one of two things: that uh, us against Houston, you know, that that's Texas Tech. That's that's how our season's going to go, or it's going to prove that we are who we were last Saturday. Yep. And Houston was a fluke, and we are trash. Well, I'll say this: if it proves the latter then uh, we can start our list of new head coaches <laughs> going for Because I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. Matt Wells, everybody was behind him. Everybody was behind Matt Wells. And I'm very con- curious to see what Rob Rose, um, his confidence meter is because he puts out that poll every week. And, I, and last week it was like 88%. I really want to see what it is this week because at halftime, people were ready. Mm-hmm. People, the people turned uh, on Matt Wells quick in this game. Very quick. Um, and rightfully so. I mean, the coaching staff, they, they coached a very bad game. Um, and it was just not not good at all. So uh, they, they, a lot has to be worked on this week. I hope the coaching staff treats this game like it's like an L. Um, I know Wells was very frustrated in the postgame presser. So they should treat it like an L because that's how it felt. Um, I do so, want to say this. So that's. Well, real quick, Jim, I do want to say this, though, because people were disrespecting SFA a little bit. SFA is a good, a good FCS team. They are a good FCS team. Now, they are an FCS team, so Tech should have still blown them out. I'm not, I'm not saying that we should struggle with, F- with SFA, but this, this, isn't, this isn't some low down. This is a team that's going to compete in the playoffs, in the FCS playoffs, and, they're, and they were a team that is, didn't surprise me they gave us a, a, a punch in the mouth. I just thought we would handle that punch. 10,000 times better than we actually did. Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, kind of on the flip side of that, um, something that, I mean, with the preview pod talking about, this is a really important game for a lot of reasons. I, if we're going to make lemonade out of this, these rotten lemons that we have in front of us, I think that 
what this game does is like we've kind of talked about here. There's two ways it can go. We can either be a sham or we can be, you know, the Texas Tech that we've previewed all summer. All the like we've been keeping up with all this. We got the talent. You know, we have the we have the ability and it comes down. It really comes down to being exposed by SFA because good teams take exposure like this. And you mentioned it, Albie, and they do something about it. And they go, okay, here's our weak points. Let's fix that. If we can't, if we can't run the offensive scheme that we want to run because we're getting a ridiculous pressure from an FCS team on these like longer pass plays, then let's figure out shorter pass plays and like a shorter scheme that will be more beneficial. Not screens. Let's not do screens. <laughs> but you know, a lot quicker passing routes, a lot hotter receivers, stuff like that. Uh, hey, and screens, just you know, screens uh, work for screens work for SFA. Hey. They're killing hey, us with the sure screens. Did. I saw you us. tweet that. I was <laughs> livid, <laughs> livid. Uh, but this is a really good opportunity. I'm glad we got the win, but I'm also glad that we got exposed because it's a good opportunity for us to see as fans, okay, how serious is Matt Wells taking this job? Oh, very seriously, because he may not. He may be going back to Utah pretty soon um, if he if he doesn't keep it up. But like I said, the Big Twelve is still wide open um, because there is. You know, everybody's everybody's struggling so far, except Baylor, because, well, Baylor's Baylor's playing actual bad, F, bad FCS teams. <clears throat> so when you play actual bad FCS teams, yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. And you play Texas State. I mean, that's relax, Baylor Bears. OK, um, anything else you want to say to the people, Dylan? Maybe just to the Baylor Bears people. You said relax. Your quarterback is trash. Big trash. Jerry Bohannon ain't got it. You don't got it. Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not too far into this. So I uh, I feel like, so something that we pushed before this game or that everybody was kind of pushing was pack the Jones, pack the Jones, pack the Jones. Um, <laughs> uh, well, people came. I mean, we had about 55,000 people there total, um, you know, thereabouts, which is nuts for a game like this early on the season. I was, I was thankful it was in the evening. And a lot of people stayed throughout the game was a thing. Now, I think that Texas Tech fans, I mean, shocked me and held up their end of the bargain for Wells, but the product that was put onto the field and the, I mean, I cannot tell you the last time that the Jones was that quiet with, you know, over 50,000 people. It was the, like the largest, the largest outside of like the very final in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, the largest cheer was when David Collier talked, uh, was like updating fans on the, the game score. And we saw, we all saw that, oh, Texas is getting mollywopped by Arkansas. That was the loudest that stadium was. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's a strange feeling. And I think that there's a, it's just like, Matt Wells has to do something next week to like remedy that if he wants people to keep coming, you know, because if we, if this is indicative of the season ahead, it's just downhill. Well, I will say off of that, um, not just apparently I heard word about the concession stands. Apparently, 50 percent of the concession workers did not show up. So uh, there was actually that explains why I waited so long. Yeah, there, there there was reports of people literally missing a full two quarters of the game. Waiting in line. First of all, if you're waiting in line for a more, like, just get out of line. <laughs> if you're yeah, waiting that line. long. Just, yeah, forget it. It's, it's just not your time against a popcorn. Like, that's a that popcorn hot dog thing. is not worth it, I promise. <laughs> you know, but, um, so you have that. So it's just a bad product on the field, bad product in the stands. It's, it's, and then you're going to come out and give emails out immediately after that game saying, <laughs> come back next week. Like, it's just, it's, 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 
Read everyone the room. got two turned with Shaq. They couldn't show up to work. The hot dog stand <laughs> suffered. Tech Athletics, read the room, okay? Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I think we'll we'll have to see what uh, what who comes out for FIU. Hopefully, it's still a big crowd. Um, it's it's going to be tough to convince people to come back out, considering what we saw. Uh, they may at the end of the day, they're going to have to prove it now, right? You can't just ask for it. You're going to have to prove it and go out there. So. Yep. Well, that's all I got. Um, usually, this is very structured. Not today. We just want to air out our grievances. So, rough game that was Saturday, but we did win. Um, and uh, and bonus, everybody got to hear Jeremy host last week. And so far, everybody loves you more than me. I'm pretty sure. Pretty positive. Um, but uh, I am. Uh, that's. But I also don't like all those people that like you more than me. So I'm going to stay here forever. So uh, we did talk a little bit about the Big 12. We're going to have another Big 12 episode here out later this week. Um, really pre- really recapping all the games that happened because the Big 12 was a mess. And then also previewing the games for next week. And then including the Texas Tech-Florida International game. So for Dylan, our producer extraordinaire, and for Jeremy, our co-host extraordinaire, this is Albie. You've been listening to the, to the Tortillas and Tanks podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. As always, stay wrecked, people. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.